one-part message and then it became a two-part message. I, I went back and it's always, uh, it's always a good idea to proofread something, but when you end up uh, you know, going back and adding stuff, then you've uh, you got the potential to end up having a two or three hour sermon. And those aren't very popular. I just I don't know why, but they're not very popular. But at any rate, I split this thing up into two parts, and maybe I'll preach the other part on Sunday or whatever the case may be. But I want to preach to you about taking the initiative. Taking the initiative. So, Brother Mike, I don't really know what initiative is, but I'm pretty sure it's not in the Bible. But at any rate, once you hear the message, you'll understand where I'm coming from. And I think uh, that everybody, especially these young folks, will get a uh, will get some good information out of this sermon, and uh, maybe they'll get a benefit from it. Some of us that are older, we're kind of setting our ways as far as our character is concerned. Now, I don't think it's ever too late to fix your character, but it's harder as you're when you're older, even 25, 26. It's harder to fix character than it is to gain character. So uh, when you know people think about character, the word character in a positive way. And I heard a preacher one time say, if you don't have character, by the time you get old, then you're not going to get any. And I don't exactly agree with that uh, because I've seen uh, I've seen the Lord help me fix a lot of defects in my own character. But whether you've got Good traits or bad traits, that's both your character. You can have bad character just as much as you can good character. And I guess the best way I've ever heard it explained what character is, is in a sermon by Jack Howes. Jack Howes explained a character like this. He said, the old-fashioned typewriters, you remember the click, 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 click typewriters. You know, I'm not talking about... Uh, these new you know computers and stuff like that but on the old typewriters you would hit the letter you would hit the the button for the whatever letter you wanted k or m or p or whatever and a little arm would come out of the typewriter and strike the paper and what the the mark if that paper didn't have if that typewriter didn't have any ink or ribbon or whatever it used that that uh, that arm had a little mark on the end of it and it was the shape of the letter k p n z whatever the case may be and that's called a character in other words when it strikes the paper it not only leaves ink on there it leaves a little mark on there and i don't know if you've ever looked at a typed piece of paper whatever the case may be but that that mark that's left on the paper is called a character and, of course, if you've got ink, the ink will fill that character and you'll see the letter on the paper, whatever the case may be. But at any rate, that's a character. In other words, something has struck the paper or something has struck your life to leave either a good character or a bad character. And so part of that character is laziness or initiative. And that's what we're going to preach about. And I think you can have good character and I think you can have bad character. I've heard it said that guy doesn't have any character, but that's just not the case. He either has a good character or a bad character. So I want to preach to you a couple of nights on taking the initiative. And Proverbs chapter 26 is where I want to read. And I want to start reading in verse number 13. Boy, I ought to read verse 12. Yeah, I'll read verse 12 as well. Uh, we'll read verse 12 and we'll read a couple of verses and then we'll get into this. Uh, I could also, instead of calling this take, taking the initiative, I could also call it the prosperity gospel. 
Amen. Get on television and folks preaching the prosperity gospel. And they say, well, if you, if you put, you know, you give me $500 and be my partner, then God's going to make you rich and all that stuff. And boy, I, I just can't hardly stand that. I, I feel about the same way as the, about that as I do when somebody gets robbed or something. Me and Brother Spike was over there on the porch of the school talking the other day. Man, it just makes me feel bad. I feel bad this lady that's got missing. That makes me, I don't know exactly what happened to that lady, but it makes me feel bad. Make, uh, you know, uh, Ruth used the word violated, and that's really what it is. A fella broke into my garage one time and pushed my truck out in the driveway and rolled my four-wheeler off the back of my truck and took it. Man, I had a sick feeling in my stomach for the next couple of days. State police said they couldn't find it, but I went out and found it. Hey, man, I, I, they said, we ain't never going to find that. I said, man, I can't, I can't deal with that. It's just something, something in my stomach make me feel, uh, just feel bad. I don't know. I can't really describe the the feeling to you, but uh, I, you know, I I can't describe the feeling to you. But I know what it feels like uh, to to have somebody take something that didn't belong to me, man, or didn't belong to them. And so, uh, so uh, at any rate, let me get on with this before I get off get off on all that. But at any rate, me and brother Spike was over there talking about that, and and I certainly do know what it feels like. Somebody lazy, just too lazy to work. Too lazy to do anything, and uh, man, I just, I just, I'd rather see folks get the right training that they need, amen. So this isn't really probably the most spiritual sermon, uh, but I'd say this: uh, a, a man trying to be spiritual without good character going to be very hard to do. So I'll just leave it at that and go on with this. I kind of got lost in there somewhere. I was going to say something else, I think, but that escaped me. So if I, every once in a while I say stuff comes down from the heavens, well, sometimes stuff gets away, amen. So at any rate. Uh, let's just look at this. Uh, take oh yeah, I remember what I was going to say. I was talking about this prosperity gospel on TV. When I hear them talk, it makes me feel the same way as I felt when I got robbed, amen, or when somebody uh, tried to take something from me. And we were talking about that the other day. Uh, but anyway, they're lying to folks, telling folks, you know, if you you let me be your or you be my partner and give me this money, but they got. Uh, they driving Bentleys and Rolls Royces and living in five million dollars. I'm not, you know. So I, that doesn't make me their partner. Of course, I ain't never given no money. Uh, but the folks that do give money, they get poor and poor and poor and poor and poor and poor and poor. And then you see somebody get on there and give their testimonial. I gave uh, $500 and I opened the check in the mail was for 5000 Most of that stuff is lies. I believe that with all my heart. I don't hardly believe nothing I see on TV, do you? Now, if somebody back here was to stand up and say, hey, last Sunday I was supposed to tithe, and boy, I didn't want to tithe because I felt like I wasn't going to have enough money, but hey, I went ahead and tithed, and God blessed. I believe that. I believe that. But that ain't TV, amen. That's right in the house of God. But I could call this the prosperity gospel. You want to know how to get rich? Oh, I don't even know about getting rich. You want to know how to be prosperous? I put it that way. Prosperous and rich might have just a little bit different of a definition. You want to know how to be prosperous? Get out and get some work done. Amen. Get out and do something. Amen. All right. Well, let's let's talk about taking the initiative here, and let's start reading in verse twelve. Uh, Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. You ever run into a fool? <laughs> We're going to talk about this in a little bit, but I've run into some fools, hadn't you? 
Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? I'm going to do it my way. If you're going to to be prosperous, the first thing I'd tell you to do is listen to somebody else's wisdom instead of your own. Amen. You're supposed to, as a Christian, you're supposed to have a humble heart and a humble attitude. You ain't supposed to be a know-it-all. Amen. You're You're supposed to count on God for His wisdom first. If you'll turn back to, we don't have to right now, but if you'll turn back to Proverbs chapter 1, and he's saying that he's giving you this whole book of Proverbs so that you'll have understanding and you'll have wisdom and you'll have prudence and you'll have knowledge. You'll have, you'll have the ability to, uh, to get some things done in your life. Well, a lot of people don't want no wisdom from somebody. They don't want it from the Bible. You say, how do you know? They don't read it. <laughs> they don't want it from the preacher. Say, how do you know? They don't come to church. They don't want it from mom and dad. How do you know? They're rebellious. Don't listen to mom and daddy. I think you ought to listen to your mom and daddy till you're well up into your 60s and 70s, ever how long they're alive. Amen. If you're 70 years old and your mom and daddy's still alive, you ought to listen to them. That's what I believe. You say, well, my mom and daddy ain't saved. The Lord didn't say to obey them or to, or to give them honor. The Bible says obey your parents in the Lord. If they tell you to drink, you don't have to listen to that. But the Bible says you to honor your father and mother and it didn't put no stipulations on them being uh, saved or unsaved or whatever the case may be. I can find fault with my parents, can't you? But I tell you what, my mom has been alive longer than me. She's been through a lot more stuff than I have in some areas. And some areas I've in some areas I've been through more stuff than my mother. But I tell you this, when my mother speaks, I listen to what she has to say. You say, why? Number one, it's honorable. Number two, she got something to add, amen. She that she's she's got something that I could probably learn from or at least consider. Amen. I may at some point decide not to take what she said to heart, but I can at least listen and give her the respect that's due to her by listening and considering it. Amen. If you don't consider what people tell you, you're a fool. Amen. I've had bad advice in my lifetime. But I considered that advice, whether I rejected it or accepted it. I considered it because if you don't, the Bible said if, if you if you answer a thing before you know it, you're a fool. Yeah. Amen. It says so. It says, "Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him." I wouldn't trust myself if I was you. Amen. Now I'm not saying completely forget all your experiences. I'm not saying that. But when it comes to the to the to the greater picture, when you get advice from other people, you consider it. And I wouldn't consider yourself the end all be all of all things. Amen. Because sometimes you might be misinformed. And I was uh, corrected on the matter. I thought, and this is just this has nothing to do with anything spiritual. But I thought that the Ford Motor Company owned Cummins Diesel. I could have swore to that. I've heard that all of my lifetime. How many of you fellas know what a Cummins Diesel is? Well, man, I thought, man, Ford owned it and Dodge was using it. I, I even picked at some of my Dodge friends over there. I said, well, but you know what I found out? Somebody said, you're crazy. He said, Ford don't own Dodge. He said, they used to own just a little bitty piece of their share, but they don't own that no more. And matter of fact, Dodge, I mean, Cummins owns and has people on the board that are in the boards of uh, of uh, Daimler Benz and, and Caterpillar and just about every diesel engine in America that's being put in any kind of truck has something to do with Cummins. I said, oh, that ain't true. 
But you know what? When I looked it up, I found out that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But you know what? I heard it and I thought, well, I know this fact. I got this fact. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Well, that ain't wise. Amen. You'd be wise to listen because some other people might accidentally know something more than you do. Amen. No more than you do. Uh, One time I was working on a roof and a fellow come by and said, George, do it this way. I said, man, I bet I put on 10 million shingles. You going to tell me what to do? And by the time I ended up, you know, <laughs> ending my career in Rupert, I was doing exactly what that fellow told me to do because it was smarter. What, I, what it was is you run in these two, two uh, straight runs of roofs together. You've got a valley coming together kind of like you got on the side of the building over here. Well, I always weaved them suckers in, done all this stuff. He said, hey, on these new shingles, just run it across one way and run these shingles down this way and then run off of those. You ain't got to do no cutting. I said, man, that's crazy. That ain't never going to work. <laughs> I put this room from I've done both of these valleys that way because that's easier and better and smarter. <laughs> but see, I thought I knew it all. But somebody else knew something uh, that I didn't know, and somebody else had some ideas. Now, I'd have been, if I would have just went on and rejected what he said and never reconsidered it, boy, I'd been foolish of me. Plus, I'd had to work harder. And ain't that what we're really going to get down? Ain't that when you boil it down to a fine poison, that what it, that's what it comes to. If you don't listen to somebody else's good sense, you're going to end up working harder. I don't care if it's in your spiritual life, your financial life, your family life, whatever it is, your church life. If you don't listen to godly wisdom and good wisdom, then you're going to end up working harder to get what you're trying to do done. Amen. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope of a fool than of him. The slothful man saith there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. (laughs) As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom, it grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. Uh, Can you imagine that, a man too lazy to eat? (laughs) Let's see. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. I pray, oh God, you'd help me to preach now just for a few more minutes. God, help me to say what needs to be said. And Lord, I thank you and praise you for what you do. Lord, help us, God, especially these young folks. Some of us are a little older and we got hard heads. And Lord, I pray you would help us. But Lord, if I could say something tonight, God, to influence these young boys and these young girls, dear God, to do something right. And Lord, to do it for you. things with all their might, then I thank you and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Like I say, this could be called the, the prosperity gospel. And uh, if you'll do, just work hard, you'll be prosperous. And like I say, prosperity, we've kind of changed the meaning of that to being rich. And, and that's not, I don't really think that prosperity, I think prosperity can mean rich, but I don't think it necessarily means having a lot of money or anything like that. Uh, I believe it just, uh, a man that's prosperous is fruitful. And I believe that. And I'll just leave it right there. And we'll just go on from there. But you've got on the opposite spectrum of, of, uh, of prosperity uh, or somebody who takes the initiative and works hard to get what needs to be done done on the other end of that spectrum is what we have here in Proverbs chapter 26 a lazy man let me just say this first of all a man might be lazy because he don't want to do any work (laughs) how many of us is lazy just by that definition man I don't want to do no work Amen. Just lazy. But you know, sometimes you got to do it anyway. Amen. Sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. 
Another form of laziness might be a, might be a man that won't work, but he don't want to. It's not because he don't want to do anything. It might be he don't want to work because he wants to do other things. Maybe he wants to just go hunting all the time or go fishing all the time or go to the beach or hang out with his friends or something like that. He wants to be active. He just don't want to work. Let me just say, whichever one of those you choose, they lead to the same thing. Amen. The Bible calls it penury. P-E-N-U-R-Y. That means you ain't got no property. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. Now, uh, you you know, you can play, play, play. But it, let me tell you this. It costs money to play. Yeah. And some of you men may not say amen to that, but you ladies, you can say amen to that, can't you? Because if you're married, you know that man likes to play. Amen? A man likes to buy toys. I don't want to buy a coffee table. I don't want to buy a new chair. I don't want to buy none of that junk. Amen. Don't want to buy new silverware. Amen. We're still using the same hodgepodge of silverware that we got 14 years ago. Amen. When we got married. I don't care about buying none of that stuff. I want new guns and air compressors. And I don't care if it's a spitwad shooter, man. Just something to play with. Uh, Lawnmowers are fine. As long as they're fun enough to take the idea that you're working away from it, amen. I mean that just that kind of stuff right there. Uh, the the work side is is okay if you can like. There's a difference between swinging a hammer and shooting a nail. Yeah. <laughs> and I, just a difference in that. I'll work an extra hour if I got an air gun to shoot instead of using a nail gun. Amen. Uh, we had to get a new refrigerator last week. The refrigerator in the parsonage went bad. And that didn't bother me none. I'm always fine with, you know, uh, you know, getting new stuff if you got to get new stuff. Of course, we didn't get new stuff. We bought a used one. And I was all fine with that and had to bring it in the house. That kind of made me a little upset. But then I figured out that sucker was about three inches too wide to fit through the doors. So I had to take the doors off. And that ain't too bad because I used to, I worked in a place where you had to install wall ovens and all kinds of stuff like that before. But then I got to looking for my tools and I found my power drill, but I could not find the chuck that went in there to hold the screwdriver bit. And I had to take a a manual tool and that made me madder than anything. If I would have had my power tool, I could have done it in 20 minutes. And what would have, what took what should have took me 20 minutes with a toy took me an hour and a half. I didn't want to talk to nobody. Amen. That's just the way men are. That's just the way men are. Uh, and so, listen, what I'm trying to say is uh, sometimes a man don't mind working if it's got some playing involved in it. But a lot of men, they just like, they'd like to play. Little boys, they'd rather play than work. I guarantee you that. But I tell you what, it costs money to play. And if all you're doing is playing, 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 and you're not doing no working, 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 you're going to end up with no money in your pocket, pocket, pocket. (laughs) Amen? That's exactly right. So if you're going to play, you better work. Amen? Amen. Listen, let me say this too. If you work and earn your money... And you want something that ain't taking food out of your children's mouth or a provision for your family? Hey, spend up, play. Play, amen. I'll go fishing and buy you a boat and do whatever, whatever you can afford, amen. 
No, somebody, well, look what they got. Mind your own business what people got, amen? If you work for it and you got it, amen, if it's not sinful, amen, you do what you want to with it. And don't let your wife talk you out of it neither. <laughs> amen. <laughs> but don't hurt your family. Don't hurt your family to do it, amen? Don't hurt your family to do it. Amen. Well, let's look at this a little bit. Listen, you may be lazy not wanting to work, or you may be lazy wanting to do other things, but the, but the, uh, and you can call that irresponsible too, by the way. If you're out fishing when you should be working, fish all you can. Amen. Fish is good to eat. But if, you, if you're fishing while you should be working, that's irresponsibility. And it's going to lead to the same place as downright laziness. Amen. You're going to catch ten fish, then you eat five of them, sell five of them. <laughs> Amen. Drive over here in the sticks, somebody will buy them from you. Amen. There's an idea. Now let's look here. Let's look here. Let's move on. I, didn't, I only wanted to preach about 15 minutes tonight. And this thing done got me stirred up. Let's look, look in verse 13 again. The slothful man saith. Slothful means lazy by the way. The slothful man saith there is a lion in the way. A lion's in the streets. Let me ask you all a question. How many lions y'all ever seen in the street? You say, well, what does that mean for us modern day folks that live in America where there ain't never no lines? Well, a lazy man looks for the excuse not to do something. In other words, he's a real drama queen. (laughs) He couldn't just say, hey, I don't want to go to work today. Well, if I get out in the street, you know, something bad's going to happen. So it might rain. Or it looks like, listen, if you're looking for an excuse to go to work, you'll go. If you're looking for an excuse to stay home, you'll stay. And listen, it's a whole lot better just to say, hey man, I ain't going to work today. I mean, after all, I mean, I don't know exactly, you know, as according to God, I guess 12 hours, Jesus said there's 12 hours in a day when a man can work. That's what He said. But punching the clock at 7 a.m. and punching out, I, I, that's, that's your own business, I think, amen? You find a job that suits your business. But I will say this, some folks, you know, they they got to come up, well, I, I, I called out of work today, and you know, I just felt so bad, and don't you think that's right? You see, when this man in this verse of Scripture, he's saying, there's a lion out there. What he's wanting is his wife or his children to say or his best friend or his uncle or his daddy. He's wanting somebody to say, well, yeah, you better not go. That line will get you. He's coming up with some great big excuse to where somebody else will justify him. Listen, a man can be lazy, but if a man can get another man to tell him, yeah, honey, just stay home. You know, you're right. You don't want to go out there and get eaten up by that line. Boy, that man feels a whole lot better if he can justify himself. Proverbs chapter 17. Uh, let me just turn over there and read that. Verse number 15, it says, He that justifieth the wicked, and he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. And so you've got uh, some folks that works for the welfare department and some folks that work for the special interest group that say, yeah, well, you're, you're, you've been held back or you've been mistreated. and So you just stay home and you just do what? Yeah. 
What you're doing is you're justifying. And that man probably felt bad about not going to work until some politician or some friend of his said, yeah, I wouldn't go to work under those conditions either. Well, I tell you, I would go to work, but they wouldn't paying me but $8 down there, so I just quit. Well, now you're making $0, you big dummy. And somebody comes along and says, well, I wouldn't have worked for $8 either. I guarantee you, listen, if they wouldn't... I guarantee you, if, if you didn't have nothing at home to eat, I guarantee you'd work yeah, for $8. Amen. Right. <laughs> a lot of times the problem is we got too much. Amen. People turn up their nose at $8 an hour when they is some folks that ain't got nothing. Amen. Yeah. I'm against, listen, I really, I, I, I don't want to make a little, I mean, I want to make money and I want to be uh, what they call prosperous as much as the next man, but I don't even believe in the minimum wage. Yeah. Jesus was given the parable. He said, he said, is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? That's right. I believe every employer ought to uh, be able to set his own wages. But I know this, get folks together and, and boy, we ain't going to work for this and we ain't going to work for that. Hey, you better be glad you got a work. Amen. You better be glad you got a job. Amen. But the, all the dramatics, lazy people got all the drama, all the drama. Hey, there's a lion. He could have just said, I don't want to go to work. But he said, there's a lion out there. There's a lion out there. Well, I got news for you. There is a lion out there. The devil. And the Bible said he come not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I mean, I believe some of that laziness of the devil. Amen. Trying to break folks. Anyway, they feel the need to. Ju- they feel the need for others to justify them. If a lazy person wants somebody to tell him it's all right, well, I tried. No, you didn't. No, you did. We had a man back here one time, and I can't remember right off the top of my head who it was. Oh yeah, I do, but I ain't gonna call his name. Ain't no use in it. He ain't around. I done told him to his face. This is exactly what I told him to his face. Most of you probably know who I'm talking about, but the boy wouldn't go to work. The boy got out of jail. The boy started coming to church here. I thought he was going to get something, get something out of church and make something out of himself. It just wasn't the case. But I told him, listen, I said, he said, nobody won't give me no job. I said, well, go to, go to your next door neighbor and volunteer to mow his yard. Say, I'll do it for free. I said, I'm going to do that. I said, well, the Bible says in all labor there's profit. Now is that that's Bible? That's just as true and inspired as John three sixteen. When Jesus found some folks idle, they said, "No man hired me, just standing around, just standing around." Hey, the Bible says, "In all labors, find something to do." Hey, man. I mean, if nobody will hire you, get out in the get out in your building, saw some pieces of wood in half, and make little boxes or something. Hey, man. I, whatever you can do, don't sit around. Hey, man. Get out there and do, just a drama queen don't want to do no work. Amen. Amen. And then want somebody to pat you on the back and say, yeah, that's right. You've been mistreated, poor little baby. That ain't right. That's called enabling. Amen. And if you got a little boy or a little girl sitting around the house and won't do no work, it's time to show them the door. Amen. I'm not talking about... 15-year-olds and stuff like that, they you probably give them choice. I'm talking about if you've got a fellow that's 25 years old, 30 years old, sitting around the house, living off of you, you need to show them the door. Get on down to it. Now, if, they, if you've got a child living with you and they working and helping you out and stuff, that's a different story. But we got too many folks in America sitting around playing video games while the mom and daddy taking care of hand and foot. Amen? That ain't right. Let me look at this verse real quick. 
uh, verse number 14, as, a, as the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. Let me say this. Well, your body knows when to wake up and get up. Amen? Now you go to bed whatever time you want to and get up whatever time you want to. But when you wake up, don't lay there 45, 50 more minutes. Number one, that's a bad breeding ground for wicked thoughts. Amen. Number two, your body knows when to wake up. Just get up when you wake up. He said as he said that slothful man when he wakes up, he's just like a door. You say he's tossing and turning. What's he tossing and turning for? Trying to go back to sleep. Your body done woke up. That's that's the key right there. When you wake up with no alarm clock, that's your body saying, Hey, time to get up now. Time to get up now. Time to get up now. And the longer you lay there, the more you're going to be apt to lay there. I can tell you from experience, the less active you are, the more your little muscles go away. Now, I ain't never been one to have a lot of muscles, Brother John. I ain't never had a lot of muscles. But when I was active and working 50 and 60 hours a week, I could feel a little strength in my arms. Amen. Become a pastor and went full time as a pastor. Not doing a lot of full heavy work and stuff like that. Number one, uh, my need for sleep went away. If you're not doing a lot of work, you don't need a lot of sleep. And then number two, uh, you're not doing no physical labor. You're getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. And listen, that ain't going to improve. Let Let me sound this warning to you. You're not going to get stronger as you get older. Some of you boys right now, you fellas about 15 or 16, you might be as strong as you'll ever be right now as far as potential goes. But then I don't know, some folks, I've seen folks like Bobby McInvale, I wouldn't mess with him when he was 60. <laughs> Amen. But what I'm saying is, is that your body gets older. It's not going. There's a reason why football players have to quit playing when they're about 32, 33, 34 years old. There's a reason for that. You don't think they're volunteering to give up their billion dollar contracts to play ball, do you? <laughs> If, if everything was just the way it always was, Michael Jordan would still be making about $50 million a year to play basketball, wouldn't he? Yeah. But he can't because he's old and his time for activity is over. You better get with it while you're at it. Now, I understand there's sicknesses and stuff like that that'll keep people from... But I ain't talking about sick people. I'm talking about some of you well people that ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Amen? Amen? There's a difference. There's a difference there. As the door turns upon its hinges, you know when your body gets ready to wake up, you ought to get up. Toss and turn trying to go back to sleep when you don't need to sleep. It's not good for you. It's unhealthy. Feel a little slump right there, don't you? And then let me say this, number two, a door on its hinges. You know what that means, don't you? What's the hinges of a door for? To open it and close it, right? Well, the lazier you are, that's more opportunity. He said, uh, "He said, let me read the verse again. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. The longer you open, the longer you swinging back and forth on your bed, the more doors of opportunity are swinging shut yeah. in your life. Amen. Can't get nothing done in bed. Yeah. Amen. 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 Closing doors. What's hinges for? Closing doors. Missed opportunities. Amen, boy. Now I can preach to me, amen, right there. I've missed a lot of opportunities. Missed a lot of opportunities in my life. A lot of times, well, let me move on to this and I'll get. I'll hit this in the very last. Verse 15. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom. It grieveth him to bring it, uh, bring it again to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit 
than seven men that can render a reason. How many of you older men ever had a talk with a lazier, younger person? Any of you ever done that? Boy, you can give them the... I mean, you can sit there and think about it all night and say, when I see them tomorrow, I'm just going to have a talk with that young man and I'm going to tell them some things and it's really going to help them. I mean, this is so good. This what I'm thinking in my little brain is so so profound that when I spring it on them, they just going to pop into intelligence. <laughs> and you'll come get them down, set them down, maybe buy them a cheeseburger and start talking to them and give them about a 15 minute talk. And they say, don't that make sense? Now go. Yeah, but I ain't got no opportunity to do or I Well, I ain't never been trained. All right. And they'll take 15 minutes worth of good sense you just told them and turn it into Latin or some kind of <laughs> junk like that. Didn't mean nothing to them. Went in one ear and out the other. They didn't comprehend it. Because they think because they're 15 years old, their great wisdom is going to outsmart whatever you've... Some other guy that was 15 years old whispered in his ear and he'd rather take the word of a 15-year-old than a 25-year-old or a 30-year-old. Let me say this, boys, and I think you probably heard me say this before, but a 15-year-old don't know how to be 16. He ain't never been 16 before. Does that make sense? Right. Now, if I said to one of you boys, how about building me a nuclear bomb? Any one of you boys know how to build a nuclear bomb? Because you ain't never made one before, have you? Well, what business you got asking another 15-year-old how to be 16? They ain't never done it before. They ain't got no sense. Don't let, somebody, don't let some other boy lead you down the wrong path when there's good godly men all around you trying to tell you the right way to do and try to lead. I've been 16 before. Yeah. Right. Amen. You don't tell me, I'll tell you. I've been 16 before. Right. Amen. Some of these ladies, some of these ladies, they've been 18. They've been 15. They've been 16. They know better than you. You don't know nothing. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Amen. Right. Don't look sad. I love you. I'm trying to help you out. Amen. Amen. And see, I just poured out the profound wisdom right there. And in their minds they're thinking, but you don't know what I'm going through. I just explained, I just explained why I do know. But wiser than seven men that can render a reason. See what it says? The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. That's why back in, back when I was a boy, and so, more so some of you folks, when you when you was a boy, some of you folks, Brother Pedro, and some of you folks, some of you men, Brother John that's older, Brother Jeff, some of you men that's a little bit older, when you was little, older folks told you to shut your mouth. That's right. Amen. Amen. Right. Oh, that's mean. That's child abuse. Well, that's why the older generation got more sense than this younger generation got because we younger generation so smart running their mouth all the time instead of closing their ear closing their mouth and opening their ears and listen amen you listen the reason why they said be seen and not heard is because you need to learn something not say something amen <laughs> right there and then let me say this, it said, the verse said, verse 15, the slothful hideth his hand in his bosom, hides his hand in his bosom. You know you're able to do something well. Your hands is for working, are they not? The Bible said that that sluggard, that lazy man, he hides his hands in his bosom. You know, some of you young folks and some of you older folks, you can do some things well. 
God gave you some abilities to do some things well, but you hide your abilities. You never, you, I'd never get no credit for nothing I do. Well, what are you doing? There's folks in this church that could sing, but you hide. You're too lazy to sing. Amen. There's folks that can sing. There's probably some folks that could preach or teach or do all sorts of things for God. Or maybe, listen, some people have had talents to do things and spent their whole life in a job they didn't like just because they was too lazy to put forth the effort to show what they really could do. You say, what's an example of that? How about young folks that won't continue their education when they got opportunity to do it? They ain't going to go to school and learn nothing. I mean, they've already got the abilities and the talents to learn, but they won't go ahead and do it because they're too lazy. to continue. They'd rather go work at McDonald's for $5 an hour than to work hard enough to get through and further their education a little bit. And I'm not saying you got to go to college or any of that stuff, but some things you could do and you've got the ability to do, but you'd rather reap the rewards of laziness than the rewards of putting forth a little bit of initiative. Amen? Does that make sense? I hope it does. That's so good. He, he's, he's, he hides his bosom. And you say, what's that, what's that part about won't even bring it to his mouth again? Well, if you don't do no work, you can't eat. Amen? The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. But there's another part to that verse you ain't thought about. Eventually, a man that doesn't work can he? He ain't got no money. Of course, there'll be an enabler to come along to give him. Amen. But I tell you what, that prodigal son, when he got out there and no man gave to him, that's when he got his help. The verse says, and no man gave unto him. So he didn't want to live in the far country. He wanted to live in the far country as long as there was provision. He was happy to live out there. Nobody gave to him. Home he went. Home he went. And you know, I always thought about this, and I'm sure it's true, although the Bible don't say it. You know, daddy fell on his neck. Say amen right there. That, I mean, you start preaching this message, and folks, oh yeah, amen. You know, daddy fell on his neck. Amen. Amen. And killed the fatted cat. Right. And put the ring on his finger. Right. Amen. All that stuff, all that hallelujah stuff. Amen. It didn't tell you what happened three days later. Yeah, that's right. And put his hind end back to work. <laughs> Did I just say hind end in church? That's exactly what I meant to say. Amen. Hey, the Lord will forgive you and take you back and clean you up. But the Bible said we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Well, the Father, He certainly did come hug the prodigal next uh, neck and kiss him on the jaw and put a ring on his finger and put a brand new pair of clothes on. I guarantee part of them work, part of them clothes was work boots. <laughs> Brought him to the feast and killed the fatted calf for him. But in a couple of days, I guarantee you, when that boy got his strength back, he was back out there working. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I guarantee you. See, that's the part that the Bible didn't tell you that part. But some of this stuff you got to sit down, put them together, Scripture with Scripture, and figure things out. Amen? That boy was repentant. He, what did the boy say when he said, I'm going to go back to my father's house? He said, my father's servants living better than me. I'll go back and be like one of them. He was willing to work, wasn't he? Man, I'm going back to work. That's what he said. 
going back to work. I wish a bunch of people in America, I wish a bunch of people in God's church would say, hey, I'm going back to work. I'm going to quit being lazy, amen? I'm going to quit being lazy and go back to work. Well, I'm going to let you, let you off right there, and then we'll start back up on Sunday night. But listen, take the initiative, amen? Nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to do it for you. Consider some of these things and just ask yourself, hey, have I been doing all that I could for my Lord? I mean, you can make all these applications and, and really a lot of these things that I talked about were physical things for work and stuff like that. And I believe churches, I believe preachers are going to have to get involved in some of that stuff and start preaching about some of that stuff. But listen, you say, how can I apply this at work tomorrow? How can I apply this in my spiritual life? I mean, God wants us to be busy for Him. Amen. Uh, preaching the Word, talking about the Word, talking about right things and right doctrines, witnessing for our Lord, witnessing for the Gospel's sake, witnessing for the church, all these things the Lord wants us to do. We've been lazy a little bit, haven't we? Been lazy a little bit. And then you boys, listen, I'm not telling you to work 90 hours a week. I'm not telling you that. But listen, set it in your heart right now. I ain't going to be a lazy man. I ain't going to be a lazy man. I'm going to be a man that can be depended on. Boy, that make listen. A lot of people say, "Well, my boy is going to play football, or my boy is going to make a million dollars working on these computers." Man, that that kind of stuff wouldn't necessarily make me proud. But if I seen my boys or my girls was working hard and doing what they're supposed to do, look, I wouldn't care if you had an empty bank account or a full bank account. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, that'd be what make me proud. Amen. Amen. Now, this world set its set its goals on wealth. That ain't that ain't that wealth is wealth don't mean nothing. The thing that means something is your character, amen? Is the character of the man. The character of the man. And let me say this with good character will come good fruit. Amen? You may not be the wealthiest man, but you won't be destitute or without. Amen? Amen. Amen. Brother Spike, you pray and dismiss us tonight.